Welcome to the Expedition to Try podcast. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life, and I'm assuming a lot of you don't either, so let's try and figure it out together. I'm here with one of my dad's best friends, Freddie. Freddie two times, my dad calls him. Um, I wanted to dedicate this episode to my father, because he is just getting home from the hospital as we record this. I uh, just got surgery, so this is to help him get through his bed rest. <laughs> so, Freddie, if you want to introduce yourself and like say a little about who you are and how you've gotten to this point in your life well it's interesting you say you're young you don't know where you're going with your life as of january 2021 i don't know where i'm going with my life <laughs> and i don't know where our country's going but that said thanks for inviting me um i hope this uh, uh gives your dad a couple chuckles hopefully uh, yeah <laughs> He's forcing me to do this early in the morning. <laughs> I would have preferred later in the afternoon, and I would have been a little more loose, but... Uh... <laughs> I go right after the coffee. That's when I'm the loosest. I don't need the beer. I just need the coffee, and then I'm, I'm raving. Well, I don't need drugs or alcohol. I'm high on life. <laughs> so how far back do you want to start? Because normally when I interview people, they're closer to my age. Um, right. So we talk about, like, their process of going through high school, choosing a college, and then going to college. So how far back do you want All right, to let's, start? All right, let's, I'll, if, you know, I guess if this is boring, people can, can you fast forward on yeah, the blog or just turn it off? Listen. They can just skip forward. Oh, you can. Okay, or not good. So if I'm really boring, you just, you know, skip ahead. <laughs> um, and I can ask you more specific questions too. Cool. Do Great. you want to start with high school? No. No? Okay, cool. I want to start being a kid. <laughs> Oh, we're going all the way back. All oh, right, cool. You said we got a little time. Awesome. People can skip ahead. So, so what was what was Kid Freddy like? <laughs> Kid Freddy was pretty hyper like he is now. And uh, probably if they had, uh, you know, the, the, the um, I would have probably been considered ADD or something for sure. If that existed back then? Well, it existed. They just <laughs> didn't have a name for it. Right. I, mean, I was called a irritating <laughs> lunatic kid yeah. not really lunatic but i was pretty hyper i'm still <laughs> hyper so <clears throat> i didn't have a lot of direction in my life other than i had certain things i really loved mm. so going back to being very young i loved cartoons warner brother cartoons um mgms tex avery's um, you know, all the old great cartoons. And back when I was younger, they used to play between movies. Right. My brother was an usher at the Liberty Theater on uh, Driving Park and Pierpont in the, in the 10th Ward where I grew up most of my life and lived there other than my stint in New York City till about 95 when uh, we had kids and moved out this way, out to, out to the Farmington Victor area. I loved cartoons, and my brother was an usher, and I used to be able to go to yeah. the movies for free. That's so <laughs> I loved movies, too. Yeah. I've always been a movie junkie, but I loved cartoons. And when I was, you know, 10, 11, I could walk to the theater. My mother would give me 35 cents. <laughs> and it was 35 cents for 25 cartoons. Oh, my God. And it was like a cartoon Saturday. <laughs> And the place would be full of kids yelling and screaming and yeah. raising hell. And I just loved it. Yeah. I just absolutely loved it. And my mother got rid of me for a whole day. <laughs> she loved it. Of course. So I loved cartoons. I loved uh, 
Um, I remember when Peter Pan, the movie, the Disney movie ran there and that really influenced me in the regards, not so much for the love of animation, but the concept of never growing up. And that, that has fulfilled till my 69th year here. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I still feel pretty young at heart for an old guy. So look, I can move ahead quickly here. So I love cartoons. I love movies. And then he was an usher at the Riviera. Uh-huh. So I, used to, I got to see all the uh, Cinerama, big screen, widescreen yeah. movies. Like, you know, um, you know, how the West was won and all that <laughs> crazy stuff. Um, and then I went to John Marshall. I went to number seven school. Uh, which my kids went to after they tore down the old one and built a new one. They w- went till uh, we moved out here. And then I went to John Marshall High School. I wasn't a good student, um, honestly, and I, I'm not a good learner. Um, I think, no, seriously, I, I, think, I, think, I think everybody in my family had learning disabilities. Did you not, sorry to interrupt, but did you not care about school or was it just difficult for you to actually like sit there and try and learn. Did you want to learn I, or I, was it just? Some, what I liked, I learned well. I liked yeah, to read. Okay, yeah. I liked history for the most part though. I felt it was kind of fixed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And in, in hindsight it was. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I struggled and still struggle horribly with math. I am, I, I, I just struggled with math my whole life. I'm dyslexic with numbers. Yeah. I can't remember numbers. So, so it was horrible. Right. Um, I, I couldn't learn my timetables. My, my, my parents, my, my mother in particular worked on it with me. I, I don't know. What. So, and my brother and sister have, have learning disabilities and, and, and being honest, I was the first person in my immediate family to graduate from high school. Uh-huh. So I was like, the genius in the family. <laughs> that's, pretty, this that's a sad statement. But yeah. uh, so I got through, you know, high school. You know, I, I had some friends, but I didn't have a ton of friends. Uh, I had bad asthma, so I didn't do sports other than I did some swimming and I did shot put. Yeah. Oh, and I was not a big kid. I'm yeah. big now, you know, and I used to be 6'3". I've shrunk a couple oh inches. <laughs> but, um, you know, I wasn't a big kid till. You know, I was about 17. I grew a couple inches in one year. You know, you heard heard the term growing pains. I really had growing pains. I haven't experienced that. (laughs) I didn't want to say anything. It it might still happen. It could still happen. (laughs) There's always hope, man. We're going to call it out right now. (laughs) (laughs) Next time you see me, I'll be six foot. I always think that, like, can you imagine? I ask my friends, can you imagine if I asked you if I could come over this weekend? I walked in your door and I was a foot taller. What would you think? And they're like, I would think something's wrong, to be honest, because I don't think that would be possible. <laughs> I would think your father walked in the door. I, it, well, he's not tall either. Right. He's but if you grew a foot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd be a midget. <laughs> um, so I got through high school, and I struggled yeah. with math. I, I, I failed math so many times in high school, and they were so glad to get rid of me. They just let me get they, – they, they pushed you on. Yeah, they did. I, I, you know. I, 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 it's embarrassing, and I don't know why I'm admitting it, but, you know, I, I had trouble with ninth grade math. Who cares now? Yeah, I don't Look at you now. I got a calculator in my phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, in high school, I was a little different yeah. than everybody. I had a huge fascination for UFOs. Cool. Um, because it seemed like there was something going on. 
Yeah. You know. What year was this? Sorry. Um, I went to Marshall from '64 to '69. So I'm. I graduated in 1969. Okay. I'm awful at history. Um, so moon, I don't know like moon what landing. Was going. Okay. okay. Moon landing. That's good Vietnam War. Got it. Um, Summer of Love, 67, okay. 69 Woodstock. Okay, yeah. Um, very much more uh, fun in yeah. some ways than it is now. Less restricted. No cell phone, so you didn't get you didn't get somebody taking your picture when you're acting doing like an least. idiot or doing yeah. something wrong. And you know, I I I was full of hell and I raised <laughs> hell and. You know, I could have gotten in a lot of trouble if they had phones back then. Yeah. <laughs> N- nothing to hurt people, just stupid things. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's like, I think I read recently it was like around the 70s, I think it was. It was like the age where rationality ended. So like they didn't care so much about being rational and like thinking through stuff. They just kind of wanted to do things and like have more fun as opposed to like thinking logically. I don't know if that's. I (laughs) I agree what you're saying about having the fun and stuff, thinking rationally or not thinking rationally, maybe to a degree, but not as strong as you may think. Okay. Um, I was, it was more, for me, it was more of um, anti establishment. Okay. You know, there was a draft. Yeah. I I would have gone to Vietnam. I had a low number, it was a draft number. Uh We had a draft. And we had to go to war. We had to kill people we didn't know who really didn't do anything against us. Right. Um, I was lucky in a way that I had such bad asthma. And, <laughs> right. And that kind of got me out of the war. Yeah. Um, or at least getting in the service at all. But, um, you know, uh, I would have been a conscientious objector. I, I, I might have been. Um, maybe I would have done my service if I could have had some kind of a desk job or mm-hmm. truck driving job or um, whatever but I didn't want to have to be sent to another country and kill people that Indeed. I don't know that did nothing to me right that and in hindsight Vietnam was a trumped up war yeah and you know it was all politics and like Iraq and of course Korea and what's going on so I was always against the military yeah um so it was a lot about having fun, and it was just yeah. freer times. Right. It was lighter times. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like the kind of dark times we're in today. Yeah. At all. No, it makes sense. So, um, I love photography. All this time, even in high school, I took photography classes, so I didn't maintain this crazy love of cartoons, mm-hmm. though I love cartoons, but I got older and... Stopped watching Saturday morning cartoons and movie theaters, you know, were changing and they didn't show cartoons or shorts anymore. And um, I love photography. I had a friend uh, who was writing a book about UFOs, which really um, got me more involved in the whole UFO thing. Uh, He became a horror writer eventually. Uh, His name was T.M. Wright, who passed away like four years ago now. Uh, on Halloween, strangely oh, enough, of a horrible death through Parkinson's. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But uh, um, so I was friends with him while he was writing books, and I was doing photography, and um, I graduated from Marshall, and um, I worked at Seabreeze. I ran the Jackrabbit. Okay. <laughs> I got a funny jackrabbit story. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
It's still around, which is wild. It is the second oldest wooden yeah, that's roller coaster in existence. Yeah, that's crazy. And it's great. Have you been on it? Oh, yeah. Lots yeah. of times. I yeah. loved it. I loved it, I I loved loved it too. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. So um, they started me out on the kiddie rides to see how you do. Yeah. And I worked my way up to the <laughs> tilt-a-whirl and the, the airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, well, you know, you're... You're big enough. You can you can do the jackrabbit because it's got these brakes. Right. Yeah. You got pull them. Yeah. So it has these two wooden handles. Yeah. That when it comes um, through the ride and it goes under the tunnel and up, the brakes are already on. So you're actually you take the brakes off and when they hit that area, you you take the brakes off. You slowly let it come to a okay. stop. Yeah. So. It was very, very busy, and we had a packed ride, and there were two girls that took their grandfather, who didn't want to go on this oh, ride, oh boy. and he didn't want to do it. And <laughs> and I, I said, come on, it's not that bad. The ride's 53 seconds long. Come yeah. on. So we went in there, packed ride. Ride goes ahead. It goes you know up this huge hill, and then you got about you know a little less than a minute to... Yeah. To be prepared for the brakes, and I got distracted. I think, to be honest, I, I think I was reading a Mad magazine or something. Oh my god! You know, just flipping through it, and I wasn't yeah. paying attention, and I didn't have the brakes um, on. You know, they're off. You know, whatever. Yeah. I had them in the wrong position. Yeah. And and I, I, did them too late. Oh. So this freaking thing comes screaming out of the tunnel, and past the brakes. So this thing's going like, you know, 30 miles an hour and I can't stop it. And it, and it goes around and it starts going up the hill again. <laughs> and as you come out of the tunnel yeah. and go past those brakes, which I didn't have on <laughs> properly, it unlocks every single seat. There's a little oh no a metal thing. Oh, so no. not only are they going up the hill and this old guy's ready to have a heart attack. He didn't want to go to begin with. And everybody's screaming, and all of the things are unlocked <laughs> yeah. so they can get out. Oh, God. And it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to get fired. I'm gonna get, <laughs> these people are going to get killed or something. <laughs> so I turned the power to the motor off Mid just as it was towards the top. Oh, God. And I had to go up the wooden walkway. Oh, God. And I had to hand lock everyone. Jeez. And I was scared as hell. Oh, I'm sure. I was scared as shit because I had to go up this little <laughs> tiny walkway and lock everyone. And everybody's mad. I want to get out. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I go, if you don't stop yelling at me, I'm going to charge you for the second ride. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so Incredible. I go back down and I turn the motor on and... <laughs> Yeah, it, it had no power because yeah. all of the full car's weight, but it finally got going and it got just enough momentum <laughs> to, to take it through the God. second trip. And those people were so mad at me. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, it's nuts. a miracle I didn't lose my, my, my Oh, you job. still kept working after that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was that, that was post high school? Or yeah, well, that was right after. That was the summer of 69. Okay. And then I got hired at Carhartt Photo. Okay. Which was a place that you would develop film yeah. for still photography. And uh, back in the day, there used to be this place called uh, uh, Varden Studio. So uh, everybody would get their high school photos taken at this one place, their senior photos. Mm -hmm. And um, there would be these things called package printers. So you'd have one negative in there. And that one negative would expose um, like an 11, 11 by... Uh, uh, 
It would do like 11 by 14, 8 by 10, four, five by sevens, and all the little ones at one time. Yeah. So I used to run a paper processor, which you develop the print on the paper. Okay. So I worked there for about two and a half, three years. Um, And I moved up into quality control. I did really well. I really liked it. But I was making like $6.25 an hour, which... Yeah, what was that compared to like the today? average? No, not today. The average. Well, back, back then. then, probably minimum wage was three bucks an hour. I don't remember. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> so my buddy, my my best friend, my longest and, and one of my very best friends, um, his father was a fire chief in Rochester, a battalion fire chief. And he was friends with a guy named uh, Louis Hoyer, who owned Hoyer Utilities, which was a construction company. And he managed to get me into the labor union, which is hard to get into because it was, you know, the union and everything. And I left there, went to Hoyer, and I went from six twenty-five an hour to twelve fifty an hour. Wow, which is <laughs> which is huge. That's like minimum wage now. That's it's less than it's it's more than minimum wage in some places. Yeah, because I was making. At every job I've had, I was making twelve dollars an hour yeah, before yeah. taxes. Yeah, that's crazy. So, but that was good money. Oh yeah, I mean this is back this then, is nineteen right this was you know nineteen seventy one or yeah because my dad and mom both started at two thirty five an hour. Yeah, and that was probably maybe close to nineteen eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was probably yeah. Yeah, I don't remember again. I don't remember numbers, so I don't right. <laughs> I don't remember, but it was it, it could have been a dollar fifty an hour minimum wage. Yeah. I really don't know. So six was okay, but twelve was like That's nuts. that was good money yeah. for just having a labor job. Right. So I ran jackhammers and I was a ditch digger. And what we would do is we would dig up uh, gas mains. This was a three-year stint, and every city in the, every street in the city of Rochester, we dig up a hole, probably about the size of this black ring here on the table, which okay. is about what three feet in the air. It's kind of like a like a manhole. Yeah, basically. just a little bigger than a manhole, and you yeah. dig down to the main, and you would go down there with pipe cutters, and with the gas flowing with pipe cutters, you would cut the pipe in two spots, knock it out, put. Uh, stuff in the for the gas stop leaking and take it out of the main and put a cap on there because there were these lines that were going to uh lot lines um that had gas going through them and they leaked so they were they were decades and decades (laughs) old so they needed to be shut off yeah so that was our job i was and then we had a big machine it was called the sucking machine (laughs) and it was like this huge vacuum that was like you know you know 10 feet high yeah held uh held the a yard or two of uh, material. So you would actually jackhammer and then clay spade and then have these this air and you'd suck all the dirt up, do your work, back up over the hole, drop it all back in, tap yeah. it, and blah, blah, blah. A lot of hard work. Yeah. I hated it. Absolutely <laughs> hated it. It was yeah. hard, but it was good. I had long hair. Most of the guys were from Pennsylvania or West Virginia. And they hated hippies, and they were racist. <laughs> okay. So you know, Not I was the hippie, and, <laughs> Everything. and the stereotype that they didn't want to deal yeah. with. Yeah, <laughs> and and they called everybody names, including you know N word and everything else. They just treated people like shit. So I hated yeah. it. Yeah. So there was a horror movie that came into town, a low budget horror movie called Fear No Evil. 
I'll let you borrow it. It's horrible. Okay, good. Horrible. Good. I love it's, them. And it's, and it's mired in Catholicism. Oh, boy. Yeah, really. Okay, great. It, it's really bad. But I, I did get to strangle a nude girl in it. Oh, you were in it. Well, no, I was on the crew. I was awesome. a, I was a grip. So so, let me go back a little bit. <laughs> After high school, while I was working construction in the early seventies, there's a place called the House of Guitars in Rochester. Yeah, which is an icon for craziness, and they used yeah. to have the craziest commercials. I started doing cutout animation because I love Monty Python, mm. Terry Gilliam's animation, cutouts. Yeah. So I started doing cutouts for fun for parties and stuff. Yeah. And I went and saw Armin Shabrook at the House of Guitars. I said, I can do animation for you, some <laughs> crazy stuff. And he goes, well, do something and I'll see if I like it. Yeah. So I was excited because right. I was getting to do something creative instead right. of digging yeah. a hole. Right. <laughs> Jesus. So I made three minutes of animation, which is a lot took of animation. Hours, yeah. took day yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. i had my buddy rick auburn helping me yeah. and we would just drink beers and you know get high and we'd make these yeah. goofy you know uh cut out cartoons <laughs> so it was just fun armin liked it armin goes this stuff is great i'll give you 25 bucks it's like total? okay total <laughs> total oh he's cheap so two hours of working at the uh, at the labor <laughs> <laughs> exactly Jesus. Uh, but i loved it and when it first time it showed on tv i was so proud of myself even yeah. though i look at it now it's like awful, awful. oh that's that happens all the time you yeah. always look back here because you're like you're basically just starting right so it's like you can't expect it to be good but i look at all my old paintings and stuff and i'm like oh god well i still think that but even my current ones. Yeah, it's true. But it's a it's learning true. process. And, and I got better all the time. Right. And then when I got better, he goes, I don't want to use this. I like your crude stuff. He likes the old stuff. So, so anyway. That's funny. So I did that for a while. Yeah. And I'm still working construction. And um, this horror film comes into town. And I always wanted to work on a horror movie. I wanted to make a horror movie, but I yeah. didn't have the wits or the money to do it <laughs> yeah and fear no evil came into town and they were looking for for crew people mm -hmm. so i went to wxxi they had you know a cattle call for talent and uh for helpers and back then i wasn't a big old fat guy i was strong i was like six, six foot almost yeah. six three um very strong yeah. and i was working construction i mean i used to use a a 90-pound jackhammer. Yeah, to hold that thing down. Vertically takes... in a manhole. Oh, my God. I was strong. Jeez. And I was fast. I had yeah. great reflexes. Right. Didn't know my timetables, but I could run a jackhammer. So <laughs> so they hired me because they needed grips. Yeah. Well, a grip is a guy who carries heavy sandbags, C-stands, lights, cables. Yeah. It's, it's the grunt work okay. of a crew. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you make the camera safe. Yeah. You know, you make sure the camera's secure. So uh, they they filmed. Uh, so I took a. I, I just had been made a foreman at construction, and I said I want to take a leave of absence for six oh, weeks so I can work on a monster movie. <laughs> and they were they were like you idiot. Oh, you God. know, and I didn't care. And and thank right. God my wife, uh, Linda at the time said, yeah. Go ahead. Was she a teacher back then? She too? was. Okay. She was teaching in Victor. Cool. Yep. Sixth grade. 
And she was very cool and knew that I hated construction. And, and so you she know. wanted to give you the opportunity. Yeah, but it was like it was working for deferred payment, oh, which okay. means you do the work, they sell the move the movie, then and you get, get your eight grand that they promised you. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, you get screwed. Have you ever heard of? Um, my, my friend's gonna get hyped when I bring this up. It's called um, American Movie. It's a documentary. Yeah. You have yeah, seen it? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's great. We love it. We've seen it. He's probably seen it like four times yeah. now. I've I seen haven't it seen it now in years. It came out about, yeah. what, 15 years ago or yeah, something? It's, yeah, it's just so fascinating. It's great. Because it's about him making the horror movie. Um, so I, I that just reminded me of that. It's, That's a great movie. Coven? Yeah. 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 And oh, it's, it's not so... Coven because that sounds too much like Oven. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I actually haven't seen the actual movie. I've only seen that documentary yeah. about making it. Yeah. I saw the movie and yeah. it's awful. Of course. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting. Like that's, it's cool to see how far movies and stuff have come yeah. since back then. And it's all budget too. Right. I mean, people yeah. are making movies on their phones now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... <laughs> What was what was the difference in terms of um, the idea of going to college and stuff back when you were in that, like after graduating high school? Was college a big thing? Like everyone should go to college in order to get a good job, or how? What was it like for you guys? Where I grew up, it was like if you didn't go to college, you probably worked for Kodak. Oh yeah, Marshall was three blocks from Kodak Park. Okay, um, my father bugged me constantly apply at kodak you can get a good job at kodak yeah and i probably could have but all i remember is him coming home every night from kodak bitching yeah it's like why would i want to why would there? i do that all i hear is you say oh stop yeah that would suck <laughs> though they treated him great they had good medical yeah uh, good pay great benefits uh they used to have a big uh yearly bonus mm -hmm. yeah so and for me, college wasn't a reality because I barely graduated. So, yeah. and and like I said, nobody in my family finished high school, let alone considered college. Yeah. You know, the lower, lower, you know, blue collar, you know, kind of working, mm -hmm. you know, situation for my family. Uh, yeah. So just to finish a little bit where I'm going with my career, and they can ask whatever you want because yeah. it is your iPod, your your uh, <laughs> blog. But um, I did work on Fear No Evil, yeah, and I did love it, and I learned a lot, and I was very good at it. And we worked at Shalott, and then we went up to Bolt Castle up at the Thousand Islands, cool. and uh, it was the end of October, and we were in Bolt Castle, which was devastated. Now it's all been refurbished, millions and millions of dollars to restore it, yeah. but it was empty and it was um vandalized and it oh, was yeah. gutted Makes sense. and we filmed in there because it was a great thing it looks cool know. in there <laughs> but there was also a pool area which was had been destroyed all the windows knocked out and all the statues that were around it were pushed into the water oh. and there was a scene where there's a guy and girl making out in the water and the water was filthy Ugh. and all the zombies come in from out of the windows and attack them. Yeah. None of the actors wanted to go in the in the water because <laughs> it was forty four degrees. Yeah. And it was cold out. Yeah. And and I always wanted to be in a horror movie, and I said <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I said I'll do it, but I don't want the rest of the day off. You know, I don't want to work. <laughs> I don't, don't want to do anything it. else. 
I'm going to be done. I want to go back to the hotel and get warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> and it was actually Halloween. Oh, cool. So I wanted to change my clothes and go into <laughs> town because I was made up as like a professional zombie. Yeah, right. And I had white contact lenses for my oh, eyes. Yeah. And that was a great job. So <laughs> so I was the one who was willing to go in the water, walk across, <laughs> and uh, strangle this 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 woman yeah i got a good a quick story about that you sure you can say whatever so you want. <laughs> so she was a very beautiful woman very buxom but she was young she was like 19 and she really didn't want her parents to see her nude oh, okay so she implored you know when you grab me because i was supposed to grab her and lift her up out of the water so she I goes yeah, would you please cover my breasts? I go, well, if I have to. <laughs> I guess. Should we practice to make sure I have the right grip? <laughs> so so when we did the scene, I, 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 I was able to go around and grab her. And all I was supposed to do was literally lift her a little and put her under the water. Uh-huh. And then cut. That, then they were going to do another shot. The water was so cold. This poor girl couldn't catch her breath. Oh God! So when I grabbed her, just she was all the wind out. Not not just that. She was so cold. She was like, yeah, she lost her breath. So That's she was awful. fighting me. Oh God! So like I said, I was pretty damn strong, and all yeah. I was trying to do was take her. Well, I ended up lifting her up, and she's totally nude, and she does a big spread, <laughs> it's, which was not in the movie. Okay, good. But but it was like. They had two guys in with, uh, you know, uh, diving suits that came and, uh, you know, took her out because she couldn't breathe and stuff. So it was it was a very realistic murder scene other than she didn't get hurt. She almost actually died. Yeah. So then I I took the boat back across the uh, the St. Lawrence Seaway to our hotel. Yeah. And uh, got dressed warm and I went out to the bars. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Do you feel like the path you've taken has been more unconventional than most? Absolutely. Okay. So. And there was no direct path. Right. It was just, yeah. So that's what I wanted I to I fell talk into about. lucky situations. Right. Because my dad always says, like, he always wanted me to interview you because you have taken this more unconventional path. And, like, when you want to do something, you don't really hesitate. You just do it, which is a big thing that I want to do. Because I like a lot of different things. It's just the things that I want to pursue don't exactly make money right off the bat. Like, I would love to act. Acting is one of my favorites from even just a couple shows I did in college and high school. I would love to do the podcast, obviously. It's fun. I like talking to people. I love coffee. So, like, working at a coffee shop, starting my own coffee shop, whatever it is, it's a lot of things that I want to do, but like, they're not the conventional path. Like it's not go to college, get a nine to five job and then just get paid and follow that path. So that's why I wanted to talk to you. What are like some of the other things from movie making, you did cartoons, you said, is there other stuff that you kind of just said, I want to do this. So you did it. I didn't have, a real direction other than I knew that I liked cartoons and animation and movies. I loved music. Yeah. Um, And 
my path was a series of lucky breaks and my wife willing to let me pursue some of my dreams. Yeah. They weren't really dreams, but my uh, opportunities. Right. So after Fear No Evil, I went back to construction. They pulled my labor or my um, um, foremanship. Okay. And I was back in the ditch. Oh, and and I, I said, this is this is this is crap. But yeah. before I left Fear No Evil, there was a guy by the name of Raul Da Silva, who was the creative director, who was a big time muckety muck producer in Rochester for um, advertising agencies. Uh -huh. And he saw something in me. He knew my house of guitar animation, and he knew that I loved animation. And he had a friend in New York, New York City by the name of Francis Lee, who had an animation studio, which was basically an animation camera service where artists and producers would bring the artwork and they had this 12 foot tall double column animation camera called the Oxbury animation camera. And they needed, uh, uh, they weren't called um, uh, interns and apprentice back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I went from not getting paid my money from Fear No Evil. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get paid at all? Nothing. Ever? Well, ever? Uh, the only thing they paid me was when I used my truck to haul a trailer for them <laughs> up to the Thousand Islands and it wrecked my transmission. Oh, God. They paid for my transmission. That's they uh, They ended up owing me like almost eight grand. I never Jeez. saw a nickel. Oh, my God. But that was my college. That was my into the film business. That's how yeah. I look at it. Although that's good perspective. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was. Yeah. So I made that connection. Linda said, okay, you can go to New York City. Yeah. And I had a, a friend that had was living in an apartment. He was moving to Dallas to work on uh, a movie. Mm -hmm. And um, he is. I met him on Fear No Evil. So I took his room in the apartment in Manhattan. And I lived in Manhattan with another friend, Jim Hart, mm -hmm. uh, who... Um, uh, and then I, I started apprenticing to learn this animation camera. Yeah which I was very excited about because I know <laughs> photography. I knew film. Yeah. I knew all of this stuff. Right. Except I walk in there and it's all math. <laughs> You've got this big camera, which I can... Oh, I, I, like the pixel? Well, no, pixels didn't exist. Yeah, I don't know. I no. <laughs> so so you have this animation stand where you have a camera yeah. on two columns that can go up and down. Okay. So that's your Z-axis. And then you have a compound like this table that's on gears, and it can go up and down, north and south, or east and west. Okay. And you also have these things called uh, peg bars. So you have moving pegs, uh, moving strips. So you have to figure out all the anim uh, all the math to do the zoom and have ease-ins oh. and ease-outs. Okay. So say you're doing a camera move. you got to figure yeah. out all this math. Just for one frame. For uh, well, for say uh, you want to do a five-second move, yeah, and the camera's going to start way, way up, which is would be like a say a just for grins a fourteen field, fourteen inches wide, and you're going to zoom into something the size of a business card. Okay, and you have to have the ease ins, the ease outs, and it's not just a straight move. The camera's going from here, and it's going sideways, and I, I, I was, I shit my pants. <laughs> And I, I really struggled with it. Yeah. I really, really, really <laughs> struggled with it. And I didn't think I was going to make it. But after two months, 
we moved from a location that was near the UN down to um, uh, near uh, um, uh, Park Avenue and 20th Street. Mm. And when we moved, this old guy that I worked for, who's old guy, was probably my age then, uh, Francis Lee was this crazy avant-garde animator. And he knew all these you know, all these wacky people in, in New York City, filmmakers and uh, Yoko Ono and um, uh, all the, you know, uh, he didn't know Andy Warhol, but he knew this all this whole art, crazy art yeah. scene. He'd make wacky anim, uh, animation with Sumie rice paper uh, uh, drawings, you know, uh, I believe it's Japanese. Um, Were you like paintings? Oh, yes. Yeah. So he would do that. But the cool thing was, he was the first, it was the first studio in New York City to get a computer on the Oxbury. Wow. So it did all the interpolations of the math. <laughs> you would have a start position. You just told You would have an do. end position and yeah. you would put your tapers in and it saved my career. <laughs> or I would have been back probably working construction Crazy. or I would have killed myself. <laughs> so I feel like there's a thing I like to talk about on the podcast that's, um, I call them hindsight moments. So it's like those small moments in your life that if they hadn't happened, like the whole path after that would have been completely different and you would have been completely different. I feel like a lot of what's happened in your life is like those hindsight moments. Like you wouldn't be here had you not been on the set of that movie. Like True. you haven't, you wouldn't be in the animation had like, your mom didn't send you to the movie theater every weekend, say. <laughs> so, like, do you have any specific ones, hindsight moments that kind of stand out more than the rest? Well, it would be going from my love of photography and motion pictures and stuff and leaving that to go to a job for money, mm -hmm. which I would have ended up absolutely hating my, my, my life, yeah. really. And then, you know, working construction, doing those goofy house guitar commercials and just hating construction and then going on Fear No Evil. That was a that was a life changing thing because right. working on Fear No Evil, which I always refer to as Fear No Paycheck. <laughs> um <laughs> That enabled me for this connection to go yeah. to New York City. That was that was the game changer. Right. Huge game changer. Yeah. So going going to that goofy movie <laughs> and making a connection to go to New York City um, totally changed my life. Yeah. And and allowed me to get out of construction because I could work on live action film mm -hmm. when I moved back from New York after three and a half years because uh, Linda had moved there. She, we, she wanted kids. We didn't want to raise kids in New York. Yeah. I was never making the money that I was hoping to make at the animation studio. Uh -huh. uh, Francis Lee, who I love dearly, and he's been gone for years, um, didn't know how to run a studio. I was actually studio manager when I left. He okay. was he was devastated when I left. Yeah. But, but I wasn't making money, and, right. and he had a son who uh, was mentally ill, and he used to give all of, you know, he'd be owing me two weeks pay and he'd be giving his son a hundred bucks, you know, it was like, it was awful. Yeah. It was awful. But 
you know, I moved back to Rochester after that, and um, through a, another connection from Fear No Evil, my friend Kenny Reamer, who was a still photographer, convinced a few folks in Rochester to hire me as a grip because uh, I had experience. Right. And I started out as a regular grip, and then I became a key grip and a crane operator and a dolly operator on, you know, national live, you know, live action films and yeah. commercials. And, you know, I worked on a movie called Slugs. Did you ever hear Slugs? No. They ooze, they slime, they kill. That sounds familiar. <laughs> well, that's another, I, that's, that's another crappy film I worked I'll on. I'll just have to watch all of these. <laughs> well, I got them all. You can borrow I'll watch them. any of them. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've worked on, uh, you know, three of the worst horror films ever made locally. Um, I can't remember, even remember the third one. Slugs, Fear No Evil, and, oh, Shadow Creature, which, which my animation studio, which I haven't really gotten into yet, um, did all the film titles, old school film titles and special effects where the monster gets electrocuted and stuff. Oh, cool. That's sick. Are you capable of grabbing footage? If it's on YouTube, oh, some of it might be. Or if it's like digital, I and I can get it on the laptop or my yeah, PC, yeah. I definitely could. Well, I'll let you watch the DVDs and okay. make your own. But I have all three of them. And, <laughs> yeah. and Shadow Creature, made by my friend Jimmy Gribbins in Buffalo, is yeah. actually the most entertaining of all three because it's it's funny intentionally. Yeah. Where the other two were not were intentionally, not. they were just <laughs> embarrassingly bad or <laughs> terrible. So let me just get to my own animation yeah, studio. Right. So I, I'm working as a grip and I'm doing okay. Yeah. And, but it's not very creative. And I still, I had, now I had this whole animation cameraman background. Yeah. And I got a phone call from a friend who said, Hey, Kodak selling an Oxbury camera. Oh man, really? <laughs> and it wasn't a master series; it was a smaller one, so it yeah. could actually fit it into some place. And um, for I borrowed a thousand bucks from my mother, and I bought that uh, Oxbury camera, and I rented a, a one room at the Michael Stearns Building at the very end of 1989 in downtown Rochester, and I opened up Animatus. Okay. And I was there a year and a half. I went to Village Gate. Yeah. And set up there for a year and a half. And we started our animation school with a friend, Tanya Weinberger, who was a really good animator and a, a professor from RIT. And we started in, and started teaching animation to bring money in. Right. And I was doing small animation jobs, shooting animation and what's called photo animation, where you have photographs and you do moves like it's Ken Burns style now. But, oh, okay, yeah. But, but yeah. Francis Lee invented it. The guy that I worked for in New York. We're calling out Ken Burns. I'm not calling him out. I <laughs> no. love Ken Burns. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I love his documentaries. Yeah. They're very similar, but I, they're yeah. great. They are, yeah. They tell great stories. <laughs> it's it, it, it encapsulizes America, what it really Definitely. is. And, yeah. and what we could be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then I opened Animatus and did grip work. And I still have Animatus. And I kind of retired from grip work and key grip and crane operator and dolly operator I'm just too old it's mm. too, much, too much physical work 14 hour days 16 hour days sometimes they're brutal Jeez. um can you touch on like so another big thing i talk about is i'm big on doing what makes you happy as opposed to the paycheck so can you speak on like 
your thoughts on kids my age choosing careers based more on money, if you think that's the case, or do you feel like my generation still kind of pursues um, more passion projects as opposed to paychecks, if that makes sense? Yeah, um, you know, the world is so different from what it was when I was your age. What are you, 23? Yeah. So when I was 23... I was working construction. Um, I was just about ready to get married. Um, I always, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of these guys that says follow your dreams. I've never been money oriented. Yeah. Um, I, I just, if you're gonna spend your whole life working, I didn't want to do something I hated or right. didn't like, even if the money was good. Mm-hmm. Now saying that. I could never have pursued my dreams without my wife, who financed, you know, yeah. my being able to do this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I got lucky that way. But I would not have been... I'm a very happy person. You might not know it, but <laughs> my wife would maybe argue this. But, but I'm a very content, happy yeah. person. I don't want for anything. I don't, we don't... We're comfortable. Right. And... and, and the terms of the billions of people in the in the world we're very lucky and very rich but overall you know we're not rolling in dough we're comfortable yeah we you know we have we have our house our land um you know it's just it's it's never been about money it's been about trying to follow my dreams be creative and I'm not nearly as creative as I could have been or should have been I'm, I'm a little disappointed and no I'm, I'm being very honest yeah um I, I could have done a lot more creatively. Um, I don't know if it's, uh, um, I don't know what it is. It, it bothers me, actually. I could have, you know, I'm almost, you know, I'm 69. I'll be 70. I've done a lot of creative things, but I could have done a lot more. In terms of what? Do you think, like... I could have been making, really, my own cartoons. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a documentary I was going to make about my uh, father... And uh, this this guy he he, um, he this guy named Rattlesnake Pete, who had a bar in Rochester uh, in, on Mill Street, um, uh, and it was like a curios museum. He had like the world's largest stuffed horse. He had rattlesnakes. He had uh, he had uh, all kinds of artifacts and and uh, almost like uh, amusement games and stuff and. He'd have all these rattlesnakes in this one little area, and he'd have a brass rail, and all the newcomers would come in, and they'd lean on this rail, <laughs> and the bartender would yell, snakes loose! And he had a button, and the, and the rail people were leaning on, that they'd get a shock. <laughs> it was electrified, and they'd get a shock. Crazy. And, and it was great. And uh, my dad's uh, step-uncle, I guess it would have been, um was the manager yeah and they and you know my dad was poor it was uh it was really tough times during the depression and he would go with his sister mother and they would sing on sundays and they'd get free food for singing mm-hmm. and then um fred smith his uh uncle or whatever he was um let him work as a busboy 
Okay. So I interviewed my dad about that. And Rattlesnake Pete was friends with, like, Buffalo Bill. Oh, uh, wow. He was uh, he was a snake oil salesman, but yeah. but he he saved a lot of people's lives who got bit by rattlesnakes. You know, yeah. downtown Ratch Rochester at the falls was horribly riddled with uh, rattlesnakes. I would have never, I never knew that. Yeah, I mean, this is a long, long time <laughs> yeah, ago, but, like, yeah. Jeez. Um, what was I going to ask? Shoot. Uh, <laughs> oh, so what do you feel like there's something stopping you now from maybe not doing all those things and like kind of filling that itch or scratching that itch, whatever it is? Yeah. Like, what's what do you feel like is preventing you from doing some of those projects now? That's a really good question. Nice. Laziness. <laughs> um, um, I've always held, I've always had uh, self confidence issues. Um, I don't know. That's a great question that I ask myself often. Yeah. Because I'm with your father drinking beer too much. That's right. Get out of here, Dad. You're, you're preventing it's, him. It's Eric's fault. <laughs> Everything, yeah. God damn, Dad. Uh, <laughs> is there anything you would like to and plan on pursuing in the near future? I guess when... Well, we'll say in a perfect world where COVID's gone, at least. Well, to be <laughs> honest... I, I was ready to close my studio this fall mm -hmm. because of COVID. We can't teach our workshops. Right. One of the greatest joys of me having my studio is I've been able to teach hundreds of kids and, and help many, many kids and students get their own um, self-confidence, right. which I've struggled with. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's been great. So... I'm going to, you know, I, I would, now that we have the vaccine and there's light at the end of the tunnel, I'm, I'm, you know, luckily I had a little nest egg at the studio and I've got enough, I think, to get us to the summer uh, with some small jobs coming in and mm. stuff and uh, some one-on-one -on -one animation that we do teaching students. I work with autistic kids a lot, uh, which is very rewarding, right. challenging, but rewarding uh -huh. and uh, young adults, not just kids. And, um, so I'm hoping we'll be back to teaching in the summer, and I would like to keep the studio going a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, you've never been over there, but it's a huge... I have seen it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I, with all the knickknacks and stuff. Yeah, all yeah. yeah. Oh, you I did come over yeah. there once. Okay, Long time great. ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know what it's like. It's all yeah. toys yeah, and posters, <laughs> and it's many rooms and stuff. Yeah. So I'd like to scale it down a little and then see if what I could do with it and... Mm -hmm. I don't know about my documentary anymore. I'm, I've kind of, I don't know. I've lost enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. I, I don't know. It's probably just like what I think a lot is like thinking about the end goal. Like you know how much work it's going to take to get to that point. Like the whole documentary being done, you know how much effort and work it's going to take to get right. there. So like. What I always try to do is focus on like that first step. Like, I know. What could you, but like, I need to write it. I've never been able to write the story, and even that's the like, biggest thing. Even like the smallest of steps. Like I told my mom, she was working on a presentation for work, and she's like, "I don't want to do this." I'm like, "Write the date down." It's like that. Just that getting started on it. Just write the date. Yeah. Write your name. Write the title. Yeah. Whatever it is, and just kind of. I have opening. I have done work on it. I've graduate digitized all our home films. I have yeah. a little animated opening for it. It's just I don't know what the hell. Get the him back into it. Yeah. Of, yeah. So maybe maybe that's something I could 
focus on, but I really have I really have to want to do it. Yeah, it's not, you don't want to force yourself to do stuff because then yeah. it, it becomes that like work, and you I mean, don't. A really lot of people do it. really acted like they wanted to see this thing. That should have been the motivation, right? I don't. I, I got issues. <laughs> I have I have more issues than National Geographic. <laughs> You'll figure it out. That's that's what the podcast is all about. Figuring well, it out. Well, figuring it out. And so I don't know why the hell you're asking me because I haven't figured it out. Well, perfect. That's what we want to. But I do <laughs> I do totally believe it should be more about following your dreams. Doing if you're gonna have to do something the rest of your life, you better figure out what you like. Yeah. And then you can get really, really good at it, and right. then maybe you can really make your money. Yeah. But a lot of you kids have the problem of this burden of this huge college. Yeah. Uh, money you owe yeah and it's it's like it's it's stifling yeah and it can really affect the, the choices you make in your life mm -hmm. so that sucks yeah definitely i always i always believed in earn while you learn that's cool yeah and that's why i did the internship right and that's why i did worked on fear no evil even though i say fear no evil was my edu college education yeah and I should have made eight grand, but, yeah, you but, you know, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> uh, I, it totally changed my life. Right. Um, what's the time? We're at? Okay. Yeah. We can actually start wrapping it up, I guess. Um, so do you have any major regrets in terms of like not having traveled enough? You touched on feeling like you didn't actively do all the creative stuff that you would have liked do you have anything else that you regret not having done while you were still young or while you didn't have all the responsibilities like say you were my age again and you kind of you well you were getting married at that time so around that time yeah. when you didn't have all the responsibilities I, I don't have too many regrets about much um other than maybe um relationships that i have with folks i could have been a little better with um, I don't have any real career, um, you know, regrets. I mean, when I was doing grip work, I worked on national commercials. Mm -hmm. I worked with a lot of well-known people. Um, I got to actors and sports figures. Um, I went to Egypt for a month working on a documentary. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> went from Cairo all the way down to the... You know, in the in the lower Egypt, going all the way to Upper Egypt, the uh, south in Abu Simbal on one yeah. side of the Nile, wow, and then back up the other, yeah, um, working on this major tomb find, K K five. This was back in eighty nine now, but uh -huh. um, they're still digging that out. Um, that was that was amazing. So I I've met amazing people and done amazing things. I'm very lucky. I've been very blessed. And for somebody that uh, kind of like wung it, you know, I, yeah. I, I did. I mean, I had no real direction or path. Yeah. I, I got very lucky. I went with instincts and I wasn't driven by money. Mm -hmm. If I'd been driven by money, I would have stayed in construction. Right. And I would have, because I was already made a foreman Just and, I, and I had already been bumped up to 15 bucks an hour or yeah. whatever. Right. Or more. I don't remember. Don't remember numbers. <laughs> numbers aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then last question, well, and then a short one, but so there's a thing I heard on a podcast called a billboard statement. So it's like, if we could get you your own billboard or now Facebook ad, Instagram ad, TV, radio, all of them, what would you want? Like, 
a quote that you really enjoy, something you live by, just something you want to put on that ad or billboard to like show millions of people? Long hair, short hair, what the hell's the difference once your head's blown up? <laughs> okay. No. Uh, <laughs> we'll um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, honestly, I follow, you know, for me or for others? Whatever you want. If you want it to be what I don't want you a personally live no. <laughs> Get a burn all that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Follow your dreams. Um, don't be... There's more to life than money. Yeah. Try to... Try to be nice to people. Uh, I don't. I, yeah, all those basic ones. It's all basic. The stuff. ones people should understand, but, but don't. But just don't. Try to. Try to. We're at a place right now where nobody can discuss anything. It's mm -hmm. left or right, blue or red. Um, it's awful, and yeah. I really, really worry about this country and our democracy. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got twenty thousand. Uh, National Guardsmen protecting our our capital. capital. Yeah. Every U.S. or every um, state capital is is under siege potentially. Yeah. Um, a year from now, it could be way much better. Oh, um, much it worse. could or or it could be civil war. Yeah. It's. I, I pray to God it's not. Yeah. Um, I think overall, there are many, many, many more good people than bad people. It's just bad people affect the Outweigh, good people yeah. um, exponentially worse. Yeah, you hear the bad voices way more than the good. Absolutely, ones, and there, there are. A, I, I think, I think. <laughs> you know, you talk about um, climate change and global, you know, crisis and this and that. I think, I think humans are their biggest, are the biggest problem. Humanity is its its biggest. <laughs> yeah, humans are, are just. <laughs> throughout history have, yeah. have done so many wonderful things and so many bad things i it, it's what a ride huh absolutely oh my god <laughs> i mean seriously and it's only it's just like the jackrabbit all over again <laughs> you think you're done yep but and, then and the, there you go the young kid forgets to pull the brake you're, That's you're, all you're ready to go over the hill without any brakes <laughs> no there's there's truth to that <laughs> we absolutely. brought it all the way around look at that yeah look <laughs> at that we did you so, did a good job Bryce. <laughs> the last thing i wanted to ask is is there anything you would like to plug so i put like links to stuff in the description of the podcast and we call it out now yeah is there any bands or anything you want to uh you know, I'll push my animation studio. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, summer we'll be doing classes again. Cool. And we'll need to get as many students as we can because we've lost some now. Uh, you know, so I would like to keep that going. Um, I, I I think that's about it. I don't need to promote too much. <laughs> Do you have a website for? Yeah, but you'll nobody will ever spell it right. But it's uh, animatusstudio.com. I can spell it. Ready? Yeah. A-N-I-M-A-T-U-S. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Animatedstudio.com. Two S's, no space. And there's a lot of information. There's a lot of animation on there made by young folks. Cool. Kind of fun stuff. Really yeah. good stuff. Um, you know, I did a documentary on the Rochester Subway. Oh, yeah. That could be a whole other yeah, deal. Yeah, I have to watch that. Well, I, look at all this homework I got now. Well, I'm going to give you the Subway watch, documentary. I got to watch give four you movies, though. Fear No Evil. <laughs> Shadow creature slugs. and slugs. Okay, I have no homework for you. I don't think. Drink a beer. <laughs> well, I've got to go to work right now because oh, I'm actually I'm actually 
digitizing footage oh, really? from the Brinks robbery that happened in 93. It was oh, like really? one of the biggest robberies, unsolved robberies in U.S. history. That's $11 million. Oh, my God. And we're grabbing all the surveillance footage for a guy who's making a documentary. Wow. So that's fun. That's awesome. Sick. All right. Well, all right. Hey, thanks we for listening to me. Yeah, thanks so much. I'll, I think it's five now. Five <laughs> viewers. No, we we'll see how many. Is this we get live? On. No. Oh, no. This is just five viewers. I, I did this for five viewers exactly, it's and I didn't get a beer. Of, it's all part of the process. Wow. Feel, yeah. I was. I'm gonna buy you a beer next time we're at New I think you ought to get a <laughs> billboard. And oh promote. yeah. How do you gonna? You should gotta, promo, how do you gonna promote this? I put it all on Instagram and stuff. Oh, I don't the do technology. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I only do Facebook, and I'm sick of that. I post stuff on Facebook too. You yeah. should follow the page. <laughs> I do. On Facebook? Yeah. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, I don't I'm post on two there followers. as much. It's more... Uh, young people aren't, don't do Facebook. It's for no. old people. Yeah. After like... Angry before, Trumpers. Before like 19 and younger, they're all on Instagram or stuff. Yeah, or yeah, stuff. yeah. I'm actually getting kind of sick of social media um, because Me I think it's, it's 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 not bringing people together. It's isolating well, people. Well, that's, that's the same thing. It's the, uh, the rude voices are way louder than... The nice, the nice ones on yeah. social media. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. God, we could talk for like hours. Well, we can do part two some other time. Yeah, I, I always ask people if they want to come back. I would come back. All right. So, But don't answer, ask me the same <laughs> questions. Or I'll, no, I wouldn't. I'll just ramble. That would be like a normal in, like conversation about a specific topic. No, this is fun. I enjoyed it. I'm glad you, you did a great job. Up. Glad It was short notice. Glad we could set it up. Yep. I'll try and post it soon so my dad can. Yep. Get well soon there, Mr. Eric. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'd shake your hand, but, uh, you COVID. know, we're germ-riddled. COVID. Uh, I'll give you an elbow. Yeah. Okay. Peace out, and good luck, everybody.